Welcome to the Wealth Doc Podcast with Mike Heckman from Sabo Point Wealth Management. In this podcast, Mike helps business owners, medical professionals, and retirees develop strategies to help preserve, protect, and pass on their wealth. Using practical strategies, Mike acts as your lighthouse keeper to guide your path of converting business assets into retirement income and inheritance funding. We don't like that shipwrecked feeling of not having enough, and you shouldn't either. Join Mike and get ready to explore the tools you need to manage your business efficiently, build its value, and have fun doing it. Now, on to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Wealth Doc Podcast with your host, Mike Heckman. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, Mike. How are you? Oh, fantastic. Great to be here. It's the very first podcast. How you feeling? Oh, I, I'm feeling like uh, relaxed as a bird. <laughs> You're feeling like a million bucks, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. So uh, we're going to get to know you a little bit today. And we wanted to start out with how is it that you made the decision to get into this industry? Tell us about the history. Absolutely. When somebody asks in passing, I just say by accident and move on, but I'll, I'll deep dive a little bit more into okay. that. So I was working on a MBA at a Ferris State University. I was uh, teaching martial arts and selling martial arts lessons while I was also selling furniture and just kind of ter- phasing, you know, from a young adult to grown up adult. And I was uh, teaching martial arts and selling these uh, lessons at a Hart Public Fair. And then across from me was there was a, a financial advisor with his booth, you know, that was marketing his practice. And so for 40 hours, I watched him and listened to him. And I'm like, wow, if he can do that, I think I can do that. You know, yeah. so I applied uh, that weekend to uh, see if I could uh, pass the test to become a financial advisor. And then uh, 15 years later, here we are. So that was a pretty quick decision, huh? I, I think a lot of... Uh, I try to say that if you make a reversible decision to do it quickly, if you make an irreversible decision, do it slowly. You know, I find myself counseling that, but there are some things that just get into your gut so much. And then it just, the light shines and you're like, okay, that's my path. You know, I don't even know how it's just, but that's the what. So are you that spontaneous with most decisions in your life or is this kind of uh, an isolated incident? No, it's probably about four or five decisions that I've just been the total gut and jump. And, you know, they've all been really big and they've been, they've been uh, important and uh, they've been the right decision every time. All right. Sounds good. Let's talk a little bit about who you work with. What is the type of client that you look for? All right. Personality wise, I want somebody that uh, we, we like each other chemistry wise. I want them to be easy to work with, uh, listen to advice. Uh, most of my clients are usually educated and think that that's important. And then most of them tend to be some kind of medical professional or or own a, a small business, you know, and, and then, and I mean, my own like partnership or, or sole proprietor, you know, once it got, gets to big enough to be a committee, you know, then that's not as much fun for me. And so I kind of walk away from that. Okay. Do you have what you would call an ideal client? Yeah, I think that's that that I, that's where I start with is like I I want to like you. I want you to have something that's more important than yourself, and I want you to be easy to listen, easy to work with, and listens to advice. And uh, I I like the the people that like math. 
the people that like math. Is there many people that like math? I don't know many people that like it. Eh, well, you know, that, that, that's, that maybe that's why I get that kind. <laughs> so how do you go about acquiring new clients? It has been mostly by referrals over the years, you know, just, uh, you know, the best thing we can do is take care of the people we take care of. So uh, referrals or, you know, just, you know, sometimes some people that are in businesses that are like ours, you know, some like if they're an attorney or a CPA or something, you know, we see something, some from that, but, you know, the clients referrals from people they care about has been our, our, our uh, biggest driver of growth. Gotcha. So let's talk a bit about the community. Is there something that you do? inside your community yeah and community involvement uh some work for earth day you know with, with a few you know for for environmental purposes uh we've helped out with like some of the like friends of the nra to kind of get kids involved you know in some uh some of that stuff you know in a safe way used to be the uh president of the optimist club in town uh you know so just over the years uh i've uh, been kind of seeing an organization that uh, we thought we could help out and spend some time. We, uh, as a business, we uh, got a bunch of uh, volunteers together to help out the Toys for Tots drive, you know, around uh, Christmas time, you know, which was kind of a neat experience watching to see the, uh, the, the mass logistics and distribution that, that a uh, group of volunteers can do. That was, that was, that was a neat experience. The big undertaking, right? Oh yeah. Well, like what they are able to do is, is, is amazing. Yeah. It's for such a great cause. Did you say that you were the president of the Optimist Club? Yeah, the Optimist Club. Uh, all about uh, raising money for youth activities, you know, like uh, bicycle rodeos and, okay. you know, small scholarships, you know, those things. Are, are you not familiar with the Optimist Club? I, I'm not. I actually thought it was a group for optimists. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, uh, optimistic people are usually more productive. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's for sure. That's why I was curious. I was like, I think I want to be in this optimist club. Yeah. When I first uh, heard about it, I thought that was what it was, too. You know, I'll, I'll be totally that transparent. Like, uh, OK, these are all, you know, and, and uh, at that point, you know, I'm, I'm just getting into the business and seeing a lot of uh, mentor type business people in it. And some of the old retired guys that I just thought were just like cool guys. And, you know, so the uh, other description of their activity would totally make sense. But but no, it was, it was more for uh, helping our nation's our nation's young people. Yeah. Well, and they're they're both great, right? <laughs> Absolutely. If you can be an optimist while you're helping out with optimist activities like there you go. Uh, mm. One of the one of the big things we did for our moneymaker was uh, calling bingo, you know, so we had a bingo for for uh, a room full of 50 to 80. I, I don't want to say old ladies, but uh, it was 50 to 80 old ladies, you know, and uh, so they get very territorial over their bingo spots. Oh, and, yeah. and uh, you can't go too fast or too slow because you're going to be doing both at the same time and got to know some, uh, s some lifelong friends, you know, just from uh, helping them call bingo or do their bingo cards and, uh, and uh, eat their sandwiches. Uh, were you one of the callers, Mike? Did you I was, yes. Okay, let's yeah. hear it. I want to hear a couple of numbers. Throw them at me. All right. So we'll be getting to the next round momentarily. Uh, we have just finished for the last card, B9, B14, and B27. Actually, it only goes up to 15, so I did that wrong. But <laughs> I, I would have never known. I, I thought you did a fine job. Yeah. Uh, so some if uh, any of my old bingo people hear me, you know, they, they used to nickname me momentarily because everything <laughs> that we were doing for the next round uh, was momentarily. Okay. Good to know. I so, used to have a little card that they made me. I was going to see if I could, if I had it, but now it's it used to be on my little bulletin board. <laughs> yeah, well, that sounds like fun. I like bingo. 
maybe I'll get it more into bingo. <laughs> right on. So what is your business slash investment philosophy? Our business and slash investment philosophy. So I think 10,000 foot overview, you know, just kind of like a, a conservative long-term long-term goals. Uh, we are partnered with Bluemont through RFG advisory that uh, helps us with a lot of like our portfolio construction and those things. When we're doing the investments, I think it's so important to tailor it to the individual, you know, whether you're in growth mode, protection mode, spend mode, each of those should be invested differently, you know, and, and the matrix changes so much. Obviously, with conversations need to happen on uh, risk tolerance, you know, which, how you feel on the ups and downs, risk capacity, how much return do you need to get where you want to go? And then, you know, what investments are involved, I think, comes naturally for the person if you get to know them properly. And how often do you typically have these types of conversations? Hmm, 15 times a week. No, I mean with with a particular client. Oh, with a I'm like I talk about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, proper onboarding. You know, it's probably you know five to seven meetings over the course of six months, and then after that, it's uh, for for most of our clients, it's twice a year. You, you know, okay. just uh, once is uh, uh, just investment housekeeping, and then and then the other one is some kind of targeted meeting on on something that investments touch, but isn't necessarily right in investments. You know, whether it be. Uh, a review on what's going on, you know, like with the taxes, looking for savings there, or, you know, is your estate plan on check on, on track or has it been checked? There's a lot of ancillary things, you know, as far as like, how much should I keep in cash? You know, there, there's, there's, there's uh, about seven or eight things that we, we kind of snake into the investments there, investment conversations that aren't purely investment conversations to just kind of make sure we're holistically taking care of our people. Okay. Yeah, that's great. So let's get out of the office a little bit. Now, when you are not working or calling bingo, what do you do for fun? Well, if I see somebody I haven't seen in a long time and they ask me what I do, I say I just sit home and play Nintendo, but that's not entirely accurate. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I also own a, a martial arts facility and you know, we we train people on how to do like a Taekwondo, Karate, Hapkido and Jiu-Jitsu, you know, so that takes up a lot of my time. If I'm home alone and it's rainy, I do play Nintendo. I still do enjoy that. I am a 45-year-old man who still uh, builds Lego sets, you know, more of the complicated ones, but I still do that. Uh, if you ever come visit me here in the office, there's a Sobble Point Lighthouse Lego tower as you come in that that I designed and put that together. I'm still uh, working on school. I'm working on my dissertation for my uh, financial management doctorate, so that takes up some of my time. And then wow. read, write, golf, love to play golf. I'm in Michigan, so I'm only allowed to do that four months of the year. Right. Uh, then we scare away the predators and uh, get the snow covered, you know, as far as that goes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep entertained. Well, yeah, it certainly seems like you have a lot to do. Uh, what kind of writing do you do? I, I know that you mentioned you like to read. Um, mm -hmm. So what kind of writing are we talking about? It's almost like the same thing. Like I like to write about the stuff I like to read about, you know, so I've got like a couple like fantasy, you know, scripts that nobody will ever read. And then I write about some finance stuff that I wish that more people know had knew or stuff that I wish I had learned years ago, you know, try to put that in. Or if I get something that I'm asked about a lot, you know, then I, then I uh, write that down, you know, okay. so, you know, so, uh, and uh, a lot of that's been plugged into my academic stuff for my for finishing school. But, you know, I've got a couple like little, uh, you know, just kind of side projects, you know, kind of talk about like, what should I know when I'm setting up my estate plan or, you know, what do I do during down markets, you know, that kind of stuff. 
stuff you can just refer back to over and over again. Oh yeah, yeah. Like here, oh, did you, what I gave this to you didn't you didn't read it? So here's the chapter where we talk about how much to keep in cash. Oh, how much should we keep in cash, Mike? <laughs> uh, Three dollars and eighty-five cents. No, no. Nice, I have that. Right. <laughs> Tailored to the individual again. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of money, if you had all the money in the world, what would you be doing? I would be traveling to learn martial arts at a higher level. I would be I would be teaching at the college level to kind of help entry level financial advisors have a better feel, you know, as they did. So I'd be doing like the finance, economics, you know, wealth management would be what I would teach. And then depending on uh, between now and when I have all the money in the world, was that the question if I had all the money in the world? Yes, was, yeah. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I don't see that in the cards, but if it was there, then, uh, some uh some political reform you know so that the our industry was was uh handled you know better in ways that uh makes our jobs easier but more importantly takes care of the uh, clients better on the other side you know so much is uh, uh geared towards the sharks in the water and get them out of there better but then uh help the other people the guppies help their people better okay yeah so what is the one thing that you recommend most to clients family or friends get clarity, you know, so we want to see like, uh, we, we kind of map out everything. So then if you can see where all your stuff is at on one page, you know, then it's amazing just how much that changes the dynamic on like your own perception. Like, Oh, I didn't know I was worth that much or Hey, how come I've got that much tied up there? You know? So just making sure that that the 2000 square foot overview is balanced. But then the to the next level conversations is managing the retirement buckets, you know, as far as like you've got, you know, not only like investment and thought diversification, but you have tax diversification and your stuff is huge. And then and then that positive cash flow and how much to keep in cash conversation is, is a very frequent topic when I'm sitting in the chair and then when I'm when I'm talking to family and friends. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to know about the money. It's all about the money, Mike. All about the money. All about the money. So. Tell me one thing that most people don't know about you. And I should have saved the Lego thing. That would have been <laughs> a great answer to that question. I used that 45-year-old who just did a castle out of Legos two weekends ago. Well, that's you know, that's a 45-year-old version of Lego. So that's okay. Yeah, yes. right? yeah, yeah. So so the uh, that's probably something that a lot of people don't know about me. And then if we're going to add to that, uh, when I used to compete uh, martial arts and taekwondo, I... Uh, I lost my first uh, six tournaments before I won a fight. So, and that's not the type you normally talk about. So, yeah. so unless you were following me around in the nineties, you know, you didn't know that about me. Yeah. You have to, you have to hang in there and keep going. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, what is your idea of success? I think my idea for success is the same of what I, what I steer, you know, for the people that I, I try to take care of. And so when I think of the successful people, I think it's that they have the freedom to do what they want to do with the people that they want to be with and where they want to be. Once you have the place where I can do this where I want and be surrounded by the people I want to be with, I, I, I can't think of a better, better, better outlook. Yeah, I agree. So what is the one thing that you are most proud of achieving? I have two boys that are healthy, kind, and smart, you know, so, and, and watching them be polite and interact so, so well and being helping other people already, I think is my best, my, my best 
way that I've left a footprint so far, because I think that's just going to mag- magnify over time. And then on a personal level uh, with my business, I, I have built up a team that I can rely on, you know, so that they work together in a way that the clients are always taken care of. And if I step away, they pull me in if, if I need it, but 99% of the time they can take care of it. Hmm. Now, how many people do you have on your team? Uh, so my main service side is uh, I've, I've got two. I've got Kim, who uh, hopefully when uh, you come in, she, you feel like she's your favorite aunt, you know, just superhero on the client service side. And then we've got Alex, who's got a graduate degree and a securities license and is churns out the uh, the technical detailed, you know, just uh, making paperwork work in the right way stuff. And then so uh, it's, it's a good dynamic. Yeah, that sounds great. Do you have a favorite mantra, motto, or something that you say to yourself to stay focused and on track? I think of like the the Japanese Kaizen, which is like huge in quality assurance circles too, but it's, you know, you continuous improvement, get 1% better every day. Hmm. That can be challenging, right? Don't you think? 1% better every day. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I don't think anybody does it, does it perfectly, but I, I like perfection unattainable stuff. You know, that's why I do golf finance and martial arts. You know, I, I, I want the <laughs> the universe to give me the humility checks. <laughs> you are, you're setting yourself up well. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So you have the attention of many people right now when it comes to this podcast, who is it that you want to be listening I think the people that I, I want to be listening are either the people that, that we already have some contact with, you know, that that this gives us a, a, a another way that they're like, hey, you know, listening to Mike's thoughts, or maybe I'm getting a question answered that I didn't think to ask or was too afraid to ask. And then, you know, for, for those that uh, sounds like I, I would hope would resonate if they have some kind of financial anxiety that we can unlock and cover and give them clarity on. They're like, you know, Hey, I, I think Mike's making sense here. You know, maybe I'll, I'll reach out, you know? And so like, I would say either of those two, I'm pretty sure my mom's going to be listening and she's not in either of those two buckets, but uh, <laughs> hi mom. Right on. <laughs> Moms are great for that. Aren't they? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So if somebody is inclined to think that, you know, what you're talking about and would mm-hmm. like to get in touch with you, how do they go about doing that? So if they're extroverted enough to reach out and touch us with the telephone, it's uh, 231-425-4308. Again, that's 231-425-4308 is our office line. Uh, if you check out our sablepointwealthmanagement.com, S-A-B-L-E pointmanagement.com, then, uh, there's different ways to interact with us there, whether sending us an email or, or uh, requesting some information, you know, and we can start the process that way too. So. Well, thank you, Mike. It was a very enlightening getting to know you session. Well, thank you. I appreciate your, your help and your time as well. (laughs) So thank you as well for joining us today. Please like follow and share this podcast until next time. I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Doc Podcast with Mike Heckman. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Have questions? Visit our website at sobblepointwealthmanagement.com or give us a call at 231-425-4308. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. 
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Sobble Point Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal, tax, or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Mike Heckman. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, Private Client Services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Mike Heckman or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services, member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, Mike Heckman and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.